Hey Misfits, happy whatever day today is. Um, I'm your host, Madeline Smith. Welcome to Miss Radio. On today's episode, we begin the series highlighting our campus clubs. Miss is so lucky and fortunate to have such passionate students and professionals here at the Institute, and a lot of that passion is expressed in clubs, Um, especially in this virtual realm. I think that clubs are really carrying the weight of our feelings of community in this interesting time. So in today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing three club leaders, Jasmine Sturdifan of WCAP's uh, West Coast chapter of Miss Affiliation, uh, Anna Phillips of WISE at Miss, and Lawrence Garber of QAM or QAM. So uh, it was a wonderful conversation, very rich, a lot of intersectionality between these three clubs. And uh, I felt like I could have talked to them forever um, as they're such wonderful, dear people uh, here in our community. So I hope you enjoy. I just want to say that the views and opinions expressed on this on this episode are representative only of the hosts and uh, panelists and not of Miss as an institution. So enjoy. I hope you reach out to these clubs. Um, It'll really add to your experience here at Middlebury Institute. So thank you so much. Enjoy. All right, guys, we are live. All right. So hello. Hi, everyone. How are all of you? It's nice to see your faces and Jasmine's beautiful picture. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am sitting in a dark closet for audio quality purposes, so video much wouldn't too much. <laughs> also true sacrifice. Um, well, thanks so much for coming, and, and I'm really excited to talk about your guys' clubs. Um, I'm really excited to see if we can find an intersection, I mean, of course we can, between um, QAM and... WIS and WCAPS um, and and to talk about all the fantastic things you guys are doing on campus and also out in life. So I think what I'd love to do is just have you guys introduce yourselves and we can start with um, my co-host Max um, and then we can we can just go from there. So Max, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Wow. Hi. Yeah. I, full disclosure, I actually wasn't even intending to be a part of this episode, but we started recording. And so here I am. Um, and uh, yeah, this will be the first episode with Miss Radio that I'm helping co-host. And uh, I'm also here to represent new students who have no idea what's happening on campus or on virtual campus this semester. On campus. Quote, yeah. Unquote. <laughs> Put that in quotation marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm happy that you hopefully stick around. (laughs) Um, uh, Anna, it's so nice to see you. You know, I still have that little piece of paper that you gave me in the library that one day. Um, Oh my goodness, I forgot about that. (laughs) You told no, it made my day. Anna gave me this little piece of paper. I was studying. I was so stressed out. I was doing this like deep dive lit review research project on Guatemala. And Anna comes up and gives me this little piece of paper it's in my wallet. It says something like you are powerful or you are sunshine or something fabulous. And I and she and I you walked think out. It was, you are capable as hell. And that's inspiring. That's what it was that. Thank you. Yeah. But it meant so much to me. It's in my wallet. But anyways, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. So my name is Anna Phillips. I am the president this semester for Women in International Security, which strangely enough is pronounced wise instead of WIS. You would think WIS miss, but um, it's a chapter of an international organization that is based in DC, and we are geared towards anyone of any gender in any program who finds value in having discussions about the importance of having women feature in international security. I love that. And thank you for the correction. Clearly, um, I was not privy to that. <laughs> oh, no worries. That is a very common misconception. I even said the same thing until the first meeting I went to back in spring 2019 when the president at the time, Mary Chen, said, no, it's actually wise. (laughs) (laughs) Actually. Um, Well, that's awesome. Um, And that actually is quite similar to what Jasmine is representing in this episode. Jasmine, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be in this 
episode with these awesome groups and leaders. Um, so I'm Jasmine Sturdifan, um, and I am the president of the Campus Club um, for the WCAPS West Close chapter. So WCAPS is Women of Color Advancing Peace, Security, and Conflict Transformation, um, which didn't make it into the acronym. So another <laughs> misleading acronym, I guess, like wise. Um, but essentially what we do is we seek to amplify the voices of Black, Indigenous, women of color in the field of international peace, security, and conflict transformation. And we try to do this through an inclusive, equitable, holistic approach to tackling today's challenges. And so the idea is that um, much like WISE, if you are a, a woman of color, if you are an ally, an advocate, a champion of diversifying the fields of peace, security, and conflict transformation, this is the club for you. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited to ask you guys more questions, but I'll hold off until Lawrence gets to introduce himself. Hey, everybody. I'm Lawrence. He, him pronouns. I'm the president of QAM this year. Speaking of funny acronyms, uh, QAM has no U and it, there's three A's. Um, and it can either be pronounced QAM or QAM. That was, there was an internal debate over that, but the debate was settled um, last year during our Lavender graduation ceremony, um, uh, the founder of Quam let us know that it can be Quam or Quam. I pronounce, I say Quam, but just, you know, going along the weird acronym theme. Um, so Quam really welcomes everybody from um, all backgrounds interested in cultivating, enriching, celebrating, lifting up the queer experience at NIS, um, as well as in the greater Monterey area. And we do that through events and activities, social and more social as well as social in the aspect of just like hanging out and having fun and all the way to, you know, getting involved in uh, with other queer organizations um, in the Monterey area. Fantastic. I love that. Um, and Max, you can interject here whenever you want. I just want you to know that. Um, but I'm I'm just so grateful to all of you guys for being here. And I'm very interested in the work that you I am more knowledgeable about what QAM is doing although I might start calling it QAM because that's just a fun word but I'm very interested to hear what some of your guys's past projects are what some of your guys's current goals are it sounds like WISE and WCAPS have affiliation with much larger organization uh, networks outside across the country um, and I'd love to hear a little bit, uh, you know, we can start with Jasmine this time. I'd love to hear about WCAPS and what you guys have been doing. You're a newer club, correct? So WCAPS has been around for a long time, but you just established the Miss Club affiliate. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the club is new on campus this semester. And um, yeah, the organization is a couple years old. Um, we actually celebrated our three-year anniversary as an organization in September. Um, so that was really great. We had a lot of um, events in September to commemorate that and, and kind of show the direction the club is going or the organization is going moving forward. But the, the campus club is actually an offshoot of another new part of WCAPS, which is the West Coast chapter. Um, so my Miss colleague, Nomsan Dongwe, and I um, co-founded and now co-direct that chapter, um, which spans the entire West Coast and, and kind of moves inward um, a couple of states here in the U.S. Um, but yeah, that was launched in July, um, and we knew coming back to school that we wanted to um, start branching out to individual schools, and why not start with our own? So the idea is that the... Um, campus club carries on the ideals of the larger chapter and the larger organization, but is tailored more towards the interests and the needs of students and graduate students. So um, more of an emphasis on networking events, um, really pushing like the professional development opportunities we have available to students in their areas of interest and things like that. But it's funny um, that you mentioned um, the links between WCAPS and WISE because they are very strong and very deep. Um, we're both, um, Nomsa and I are both members of WISE um, here on campus. Um, and when we were working on getting the uh, chapter up and running back in May and June before the launch, um, we reached out to a ton of colleagues and mentors who were doing the same thing. And one of those people happened to be Lila Green. So Lila is the um, 
head of Wise West. And so we were like, how is it running a, a regional body for this kind of um, goal and focus? And so we learned a lot from her. So yeah, um, a lot of overlapping goals, like our, our Venn diagram of Wise and WCAPS is like very close to being a circle in a lot of ways. But yeah, so it's it's really nice to um, follow in the footsteps of other organizations that are doing similar work. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, Anna, why don't you tell us a little bit about WISE does? I, I'm admittedly just so ignorant about international security and things. So if I ask for acronyms or things, please bear with me. <laughs> oh, no worries. No worries at all. Um, acronyms are one of those things that every MIS student and anyone who is in one of these international security fields knows it's challenging because they're always different depending on who you're talking to. Um, so WISE, actually funny that Jasmine mentions Lila Green. Lila Green was the student who back in, I think it was 2017, started the chapter at MISS and then moved on once she graduated to take on WISE West. And we actually just had her at an event earlier this week when we were talking about WISE MISS through the years, the things that we've done, the progression of the chapter as a whole, and the impact it's had on those who have been in leadership or who have participated in the events. And so WISE as an organization has been around a little bit longer um, and it has spanned to numerous countries across the globe, um, just even just from an Instagram standpoint because I've helped run the WISE Miss Instagram for a long time. We're connected to WISE chapters in Australia, in Austria, in the UK, in Canada, and um, there's even a chapter in, I believe it's South Africa, that we've also connected with. So they're all over the place. And a lot of what we do on campus specifically, because just like Jasmine said with WCAPS, um, we at WISE Miss tailor the experience to the students. And so what we try to do as much as possible is to bring in speakers from different organizations and provide an opportunity for networking, but then also provide the opportunity to just have these conversations that need to happen. And when we talk about international security, there tends to be a very narrow um, definition of international security. Broadly, we take a much wider approach to that. So international security could be environmental concerns. It could be conflict resolution. It could be your standard government um, organizations, the three-letter agencies. It, it encompasses so much more than just the um, foreign policy type um, roles. And we try to really emphasize that and try to bring in as many students as we can from these different programs and show them that, no, WISE is not just for women who are in MBTS. Um, it's a common misconception. It's a misconception I had when I first came to MISS and I was only an IPD student. And I'm dual degree now in MBTS, but I found out before I actually made the switch to be dual degree that, no, actually I could have been a part of it my first semester and I had no idea. And since then I've been trying to make sure that nobody else makes that same assumption and doesn't come because they think there isn't a space for them. There is a space for everyone. That is. So an, I'll, I'll get off my um, pedestal there. <laughs> no, that is an excellent uh, clarification because I had that uh, misconception, you know, I was like, Oh, that's for, that's for NPTS. Um, but that's, that's really wonderful. I love that you take the holistic approach to security because it, it, it is also interconnected. And I, I, I just, I really, really appreciate that. Um, and I love that you also talked about, um, that you really clarified, um, uh, you know, uh, non-binary gender or, or an identification, because that kind of segues into uh, Lawrence was telling me that you guys have been talking about a potential collaboration between QAM, QAM, and WISE. Lawrence, do you want to talk about that a little bit, or is that something that's still under the radar that I just uh, It's over the radar. Over or it, it, over the rainbow. It should be. Um, 
Anna, feel free to jump in if uh, I don't have all the logistics. Although, so full disclosure, we are doing the final touches on the logistics, but we are absolutely welcoming this really. So, so Quam and Wise at Miss, um, we've actually been talking for since the summer, like since July, I think. <laughs> right, Anna? We've had yes. regular meetings. Um, a lot of what originally spurned the collaboration ideas between Wise at Miss and Quam, other than, you know, the obvious uh, of overlays being that there are queer people in national security, just like there are queer people in every single professional field and space that there is, right? So, um, I mean, one of the things I love about Quam is it's, it's just so simple to think of a collaboration idea between Quam and any other club because you automatically you know, kind of always have crossover. But the reason that we originally started talking um, was around the events of the summer, starting with George George Floyd's murder and, um, you know, all the, the protests that were happening over the summer and the conversations around uh, race and racism that we started to have at Miss that was led by Dr. Pushbayer, the um, What Can I Do series, sort of spawned off from that and um, Quam and Wise were like, you know, this impacts all of us and what can we do as leaders of clubs to kind of come together? And we, so that kind of spurned us to, to start talking. And then um, the conversation really shifted from there to the idea of bringing in um, some, a, a, a speaker series. Um, and it has less, the, our speaker series in this case has less to do with race and racism and more to do with the intersections between queerness and national security. So um, the organization that that we're partnering with to to help us bring in speakers is called Out in National Security. And they're uh, a nationwide group that um, brings awareness to the LGBT community in the national security field. Um, So we're bringing in some really cool speakers um, in the middle of October. Um, So just coming up in a couple weeks. Um, and that'll be a panel and a discussion and people, um, you know, everyone and anyone and everyone will be invited to to come listen um, to the talk. And um, I'll just say, you know, that the one of the goals that I think Quam really has for this semester is to continue this conversation of what does it mean to be a professional um, and be um, and be part of the LGBTQ community. Um, what does that look like in different professions? What are the commonalities across professions? What are the specific challenges, for example, maybe to the national security scene in D.C.? And what does that look like to be part of the political scene and to be, you know, and to be out? Um, and so, yeah, really excited to uh, partner with WISE and to share more concrete details about that in very, very soon. TBD, TBD. That sounds really, really exciting. Um, but you just said something really interesting to me, Lawrence, and, um, you know, if you'd like to elaborate, I think that'd be great, but I could, you know, the, the term professional, I feel like, um, is warranted, but also can be utilized for tone policing. And I really would love for you to maybe share just a little bit about, um, that point you made about being a professional and also being an active member of the LGBTQ community, because I feel like that tar- that umbrella term professional could probably in the past have been used to really force people to repress a large portion of their identity. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, that's a really awesome point. A really good question. I think, I think what it means is it is expanding the notion of, of what it means to be professional. I think it means navigating when and where you can use your voice to speak up about issues that you're passionate about in the workplace, um, I guess, is kind of when I say professional, I, I, you know, I mean anything that interacts with what you do for work. And I think that you're completely right. Like what would be quote, professional, um, maybe 30 years ago would be to absolutely be in the closet. Um, 
uh, you know, not necessarily across the board and not in, in every case, but I think the norms around what we think of as professional um, are expanding. And I think as that expansion happens, we, you know, are talking about it, right? We're talking to our peers and our colleagues and we're reaching out to other organizations and it's like, what does it mean? You know, how, how is LGBTQ activism, not even activism, just existence, what does that look like in your field? Um, and the idea of talking about that and doing so in a kind of a public way to share the the new and changing, you know, world and then kind of to like, so look back to and say, okay, so we have like younger people who are coming up into this, you know, expanded definition of professionalism. Uh, how do we share that with them? How do we, um, you know, how do we navigate that together? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I feel like the term professionalism does need to be expanded. You know, I think that um, as we, grow in in social consciousness through time you know it's it's only right that we expand that term to be more holistic and and incorporate many different intersectional portions of people's identities um so thank you for speaking to that you said in the closet and i hope this isn't in poor taste but it's a perfect segue to jasmine who's actually in a closet right now um <laughs> jasmine. oh wow <laughs> Um, Jasmine, I love it. So you, a super exciting, just had a launch a couple of months ago and mm -hmm. I was so sad not to be able to attend, um, because it sounds like it went wonderfully. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit about what WCAPS is, is doing, what the Miss, uh, arm of this awesome organization is currently working on. So would you be willing to talk a little bit about what you guys are doing in this virtual sphere? Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, so we do a lot of things at the club level that we do at the chapter and the organization level. Um, and so what that means is a lot of the goals of the organization, like establishing pipelines of experts across industries, collaborating with partners across the West Coast and internationally, um, putting more women of color into the C-suite and leadership positions, all that kind of stuff is, is a goal of the larger organization and the work we do here at MISS. Um, and so what that looks like in practice is um, a number of different types of events. And, you know, there are a lot of really... Um, really horrible aspects of this pandemic. Um, and along with that, there are some ways to innovate and get really creative about the ways that we're able to connect. And so we have tried to seize upon that um, with WCAPS. And it's it, we've been quite fortunate in um, being able to connect with people that maybe um, in the, <laughs> the physical realm um, might not be so possible. So things like partnering with our chapters in the UK, um, in Paris and in Ghana um, has been really great. Um, being able to have events that not only serve our West Coast community and our campus community, but also um, are able to be attended on the East Coast and abroad and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the flagship programs we have at WCAPS is our mem mentorship program. And so um, one of the things that we do is instead of focusing on like one age or career stage, we really focus on the, the bridge between them, right? So part of this challenge that we see for women of color entering fields of peace and security are um, trying to not only get them in the door, but get them connected with mentors who have done this before. Because oftentimes a, a, a woman of color will go into a professional field like cybersecurity or uh, disarmament, and they look around and they're surrounded by white men. And, and very oftentimes, or sometimes, helpful white men who want to mentor and, and be a champion for them, but don't necessarily get where they're coming from. And so what we try and focus on is finding the women of color who, have, who are already in the C-suite or who can be in a great leadership position and connect them to those at the entry level. Um, so we do that through our mentorship program. That's an ongoing process where um, 
we have new members get connected and um, we have really generous members offer up their time and experience to be mentors to these um, these people who are earlier in their career. Um, along with that, we're working on establishing a number of hiring pipelines with different organizations. Um, so much like the spark that uh, galvanized a lot of people over the summer that Lawrence was talking about the murder of George Floyd and all the concerns about police brutality and racial tensions that have been happening here in the U.S., um, it kind of lit a fire under a lot of organizations, frankly, to um, scramble and get their DEI um, departments up and running um, or established at all. Um, and so we've had a fair amount of success with talking to different organizations and saying, hey, listen, we have this pool of highly talented, experienced women across many, many fields who are looking to um, to find new work, um, who are looking to bring their talents to different areas. And so that's been a really successful collaboration we've had. Um, we also have a program called Orgs in Solidarity, which is um, a series of, of, of tenets and um, recommendations for organizations on how they can stand in solidarity um, with these concerns that are, are rocking the U.S. and the world as a whole um, and sign on to that. And it's essentially um, a pledge that they're being held accountable to racial equity, um, gender equity, um, and making that a part of what they do in their business. So all of that um, is happening at the organizational level. And luckily, we're able to translate that down to the club level as well. So um, students that choose to join the club, the WCAPS West Coast Club, um, will also have access to all of these programs happening at the chapter level and on the organizational level. So it's, yeah, it's really exciting to be able to like bring that to this level and in a remote environment, be able to offer so many different connections to students that are a part of this organization. Yeah, wow, that is that is an amazing opportunity. It sounds like an incredible network and, and really fascinating, wonderful work. Um, and on the the tail end of, of your your comment there, you know, are how are you guys doing in terms of your clubs and interactions? How have you kind of gotten over this this virtual uh, divide? You know, it's been so interesting not being able to be in person. Um, we are social creatures. I know I personally really like feed off of the energy of those around me very very much. Um, so I'm curious how each of your clubs are continuing to foster that community through this, this virtual realm. And, and whoever wants to go first can go ahead and do that. Even things like that, like that, you know, where it would have been a natural dialogue. It's like, okay, unmute yourself. <laughs> well, I can go ahead and go first if that's all right. Um, so one of the things that wise miss found so at the time that covid hit and we all went remote um kelsey shoal was the president at the time and i know when we initially went virtual we were struggling to find that balance within a virtual context because we were so used to having that in-person method and we had had speakers who spoke with students through a zoom call but it was in a classroom setting where the people who were listening were in person and it was just the speaker. And so it took us some time to find a way to translate that. And it took quite a few meetings. I'm um, Brenna, our vice president, and I met so many times over the summer. I'm surprised we didn't get sick of each other, quite frankly. Um, but we, I think we've found a way to do it because it's really just a matter of finding that way to foster that community, even if it is over Zoom. So that's why instead of having our typical, it's the beginning of the summer, here's some information about us type of meeting that we would have normally had, we instead decided to do a fireside chat with former Wiseness alumni talking about what Wiseness has done throughout the years, because we have so many students who haven't even been on campus yet. And so we thought that would be a much better way to um, give them a sense of what we were about and what kind of community we are in person, 
and how we wanted to try and do that virtually as well. We're also trying to bring in speakers from all over. But another one of the challenges we found is we brought in two new members of leadership. They're both first semester students. So again, they haven't been on campus yet. They haven't been to any of our events. So also trying to find a way for them to get that sense of what Wisemas is like in person so that when hopefully they continue on after we've graduated to run the club, once everything goes in person, they'll be able to foster that same sense of community that we always have. So it, basically the short version of that very long spiel is just finding balance and making sure that everyone feels that sense of warmth and welcome and you know, basically we're all doing this together. Let's just actually physically over the computer, spend time talking about these subjects and speaking with these different people that we would not have been able to otherwise because they wouldn't have been able to come in person. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, you know, there is that aspect of it where I feel like even though we're all less connected in person, somehow we're more uh, accessible, which is which is cool, especially in international work. You know, we're all kind of used to this platform. Um, Jasmine, what about you? You know, with the the mentorship and like those kind of relationships, um, how how is that going with WCAPS in the virtual world? Yeah, so like I was mentioning, the cool thing is we have the ability um, to connect people that maybe couldn't connect in person. And um, kind of a funny anecdote about that is when we first um, pitched this chapter launch to Ambassador Jenkins back in, gosh, early spring, I think. It moved very quickly. Um, but when we first talked to her about it, even before we pitched it, one of the reasons that we wanted to start a chapter was because we were a little bit envious of not being able to go to like the happy hour networking events in DC and New York. We're like, man, that seems really cool. Why is there no chapter out here? And so, um, you know, we obviously had other very high-minded professional reasons to start this organization, um, or to start this chapter, but, um, you know, we started and then a global pandemic hits and no one is going to any in-person happy hours and networking events. Um, but luckily, because we came about in a time when everything was totally remote and virtual, we kind of adapted to that really quickly, right? So it wasn't so much a shift for us as it was um, just building on how we began as a chapter. Um, and so the the club at Myths is, is very much the same. Um, we decided to take the first couple weeks of the semester and kind of just um, focus on you know, letting people join the club. Um, and then we're going to spend the second half really ramping up our campus focused events, which is really exciting going into October, November. Um, but yeah, so the, the primary ways that we get in touch with people, um, is via zoom. Um, I mean, that's life for everyone now it's life for us at this exact moment. Um, uh, yeah, so that it, and it happens in a variety of ways, right? So we have um, professional events where we do this um, program called Tech Tuesdays, which is where we look at the intersection of tech and um, a chosen topic. So for October next week, we're going to be talking about election security and tech. Um, we've also done like data privacy. We've done um, education, like equity access um, in remote learning environments and, and how tech plays into that. So it's been a really a lot of really interesting conversations. And so that is something that we um, are inviting our campus club members to attend as well. So there's the professional side. But then as people that started an organization wanting to go to happy hours obviously would do, we um, have social events. And so we do um, happy hours for our members, um, which is an opportunity to do the thing that we strongly believe in, which is you know, you can network by putting on your blazer and handing out your business card. Not nowadays, but, you know, in the in the old times, in the before times. But that only gets you so far, right? Handing out a resume, emailing someone very formally. But what we strongly believe on a personal level, but also as an organization, is it's all about like those, those personal connections and finding the commonalities between us as people. And so the happy hours are an opportunity for people to kind of kick back, you know, 
relax a little bit and get to know one another in a more personal way, in a more memorable way, in my opinion. Um, and so you're still this room of like, it's crazy to me sometimes we're sitting here, you know, doing trivia or talking about current events or, you know, the latest songs that we're listening to, but it's like a room of scientists and politicians and activists. And it's, it's pretty wild um, to, to kind of see, you know, this group of people interacting, but in a very relaxed and um, enjoyable way. So we do the happy hours, we do like for networking, we do the professional events. Um, and then every once in a while, we'll have um, special events where we're cross collaborating with different chapters, um, or where we're doing something with HQ. Um, so one of those events was uh, what was called Ask an Ambassador, where we had Ambassador Jenkins come in and talk about just what it's like to be an ambassador and to um, work on different special interests and um navigate the, the world of government, which was really exciting. We're hoping to do um, more along this series, um, like Ask a Diplomat, Ask a Scientist. Um, and, and that series will be just another way for people to, to get involved. So all of that is virtual. Um, and then aside from live events or recordings of these events, which we tend to make um, available as well, we also have a pretty strong social media presence, which is a great way for people to interact really quickly and to get news about what we do. And so for us, we are on, um, I don't know if we're doing plugs at the end, but I'll just slide them in right now. Um, so we are on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. We are WCAPS West Coast across all those platforms. And then specifically for the Miss Club, um, we're WCAPS West Coast on my community. So those are all really great ways for people to check in, check in and see what we're doing um, and get involved, ask questions um, and share their thoughts. So, yeah. That's so awesome. I, I absolutely love that. Um, I didn't realize that and I'm definitely going to be signing up. Um, so ask a, ask a politician, ask a diplomat, ask, ask all the questions. Um, Lawrence, I have gone to, I think, one of your events. I love QAM events. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you guys are overcoming this virtual space? Yeah. Um, thank you. I think um, I wanted to share one exciting um, shift that happened last year, really, because of the pandemic. And I don't think it would have happened had we not gone to the virtual environment, which was having Mrs. First Lavender graduation, um, which for those who aren't familiar, a lavender graduation is essentially uh, a space during graduation to specifically celebrate the LGBTQ graduates. Um, and it was started in the 90s at the University of Michigan um, and has since um, become a tradition at many, many, many colleges and universities around the country. Um, and so we, we had one of those, Quam, um, Quam put it on, and we had um, one of the more, you know, emotional, impactful, special virtual events that I've ever been a part of. You know, obviously it's not the same. You can't hug your friends and you can't be with them you know, there, but the, the sentiment, I think, um, I think carried over in a really special way. Um, we had recordings, um, by professors who, um, shared stories about the, the graduates, um, and had some really awesome speakers. Um, I mentioned the founder of QAM, Dion Daniels, she spoke, um, and we had a really great speaker, um, from NYU, um, who was our, our keynote speaker. Um, and so I, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I look at as, you know, I try to look at the opportunities of what this brings us. And I think we all know that um, the Zoom environment can really break down geographic barriers. And so um, one of the events maybe that Maddie, you were referring to over the summer, um, you know, obviously as the pandemic was rolling through, um, June, the month of June came around. And of course that is often, um, celebrated as Pride Month around the world. And so Pride events around the world were, of course, canceled. Um, and what that looked like here in Monterey was a group of Pride organizations. Many of the um, Pride organizations like Monterey Pride, um, Monterey Peninsula Pride, uh, Salinas Valley Pride, Pajaro Valley Pride, they're all um, small nonprofits. And so they have their own you know, board and groups of folks who, who organize those and put those on. Um, 
So a bunch of us came together, including QAM, um, including several other LGBTQ organizations from around not just the peninsula, but um, all of Monterey Bay Area up to Santa Cruz, um, came together and, and, and uh, organized something called Connected in Pride. You can still check out the website at connectedinpride.com. There's some recordings of, of what happened. Um, and I think that, you know, that definitely would never have occurred, right? Because each organization would have thrown their own pride, how they always have. And of course, there's massive value in, in that, right? Those, you know, the, we hope that we never have to do Connected in Pride again. However, there are elements of that collaboration and those relationships that were built working together on that project that will continue, right? Um, and so those those are two things that I'm really proud of that Quam was able to be involved with. And and then some of the other events that we've been able to do virtually um, and that actually started during the pandemic, one was a book club um, that, that continues to, to right now where we're reading um, And the Band Played On, which is a really awesome historical narrative of the AIDS pandemic and how that um, started in the early 80s and really... It's like a thick 600-pager of really diving into the the day-by-day details of the AIDS pandemic. Um, but it's also a really accessible book. It's it's um, it's told in a in a narrative style um, that gets into the into the weeds and into the details, but does it in a in a in a way that's um, that focuses a lot on the human dimension of the AIDS pandemic. And obviously, being in a pandemic right now and seeing the incredible parallels between the response to those two things um, has been honestly just like for me a place to process all of this to to make sense of it or to not you know to continue thinking of questions of like what the hell is going on and how is history always repeating itself um so anyway not to get too far down into that topic because this isn't book club this is (laughs) um this is another podcast episode but um, so we've been doing book club. Um, we, of course, are, are partnering with um, Wise at Miss to put on this uh, Queers in Careers um, event. And we are going to be hosting this Friday, um, the, what, the 9th? Is that the Friday? Um, a film screening where um, we, we call it Queer Film Fridays. Um, and we put on a couple of those uh Last semester, again, during the pandemic, we had never done Queer Film Fridays prior to that, but we, we did a few last semester. And so this will be our first one this semester coming up on Friday through Netflix Party. We're going to be watching the, uh, the documentary called Disclosure, um, which is a documentary that looks at trans representation in the media, in pop culture, and what that has looked like throughout, um, uh, throughout U.S. history and then obviously up till today. And finally, I'll do another quick plug. Jasmine brought up plugging social, so I'll, I'll throw it in there now. Instagram is where we are on Instagram. But I think to summarize all this, you know, there's there have been new opportunities that have come from our virtual space, and I'm trying to trying to look at those because it's really easy to look out my window and see the smoke and see the. Uh, the gloom and doom of the world, but um, but uh, no, we're we're in this together, and I appreciate you know all of you. <laughs> I love that, Lauren. Thank you. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think that while we look at our window, you know, it is good to have to be able to look down and and see friendly faces, and it sounds like all of you are being so creative with your activities and events and I mean I just want to applaud all of you on keeping the connection alive um, because I feel like you know in the fallout of on-campus organic walking by people saying hi I, I truly feel like clubs are carrying um, a lot of the weight of, of feeling connected so I want to say thank you so much and I want to give Max a chance as a new student to, you know, express whatever you're thinking because, yeah, this is your first impression. We're like at the beginning of the semester and, and, and if you have any questions for these amazing club leaders, I would love to give you the opportunity to ask them. 
Sure. Yeah. And I, I really appreciated that shout out you gave uh, me and, and my kind Anna earlier about students who have never set foot on campus and yet we're six weeks in. Um, you know, I think, it, and I, I know Jasmine and Lawrence, you both touched on this a little bit already in the answer you were just giving, but it's um, in, let's say, a minute or two or less, if each of you could share a bit about what a student could expect to uh, do with your club in a given month, let's say like a couple social events. And, and like I said, I know you already touched on this a little bit, but, um, and I, and you've all done a great job explaining what the missions are, but, but yeah, no, I was listening to this. I was like, okay, well, cool. This is all really awesome. What are you guys doing on a more routine basis kind of thing? Like I said, social events, more professionally focused discussion hours, things like that. And, uh, and so I think I'll throw it in the same cycle there. So Anna, if you want to take that one first. Sure, I can do that. So in a typical month, let's just say this month is September, just because it will include something that we don't necessarily do every month. Um, so what you would typically expect um, with Wise Miss events would be, there would definitely be at least one speaker in any given month. Mm -hmm. We try to bring in more if we can. It depends on the semester. Sometimes Wise Miss leadership is just crazy busy, so we only manage to get one each month. Sometimes we get in more than that because we are very fortunate to have more connections. Um, but that's that will take up a good portion. We try to bring in other unique types of events um, as well, collaborations if possible. Around this time last year, Wise Miss did a collaboration with D-Link, which is the office on campus that works with technology innovation type things. And we did a crypto party so that our members could get a sense of how their data is used and what programs they can use to protect that data, like VPNs and things like that. So you might have an event similar to those kinds of lines. There might be a panel that we're doing. Obviously, we've already mentioned that Quam, I, I say Quam because I was in the first semester that it existed and that's what Dion said. But as Lawrence said, it can be said either way. Um, so there might be some sort of a panel along those lines, depends on the semester. And then at the beginning of each semester and the end of each semester, Wisemus likes to do a professional mixer. So if we were in person, there's a little winery down on Alvarado Street called Comanche Cellars. We've been working with them for a long time. And it's a winery that, while it is owned by a man, he hires all women to work there and tries to reach out to um, vineyards that employ a lot of women. And so that really aligns well with our mission and our goals. And they are just fantastic. They've just been so lovely. So we've been trying to do our best to continue to support them, even though we can't be there in person. Um, but it's just an opportunity for students to meet together, drink a little bit of wine, have some snacks. We usually have some charcuterie boards and just talk with each other. Sometimes professors will come as well. Moyara Rusin, who is officially our faculty advisor, will often come as well. And so it's just a good opportunity to socialize outside of the more or less professional or academic atmosphere at this. Awesome. Love me yeah, a good charcuterie you. board. <laughs> Very cool. So Jasmine, you want to take that one next? Yeah, sure. Um, so I will go with what we've got on the docket for October. Um, so we have our Tech Tuesday coming up um, on the chapter club level on the 13th. It's the second Tuesday of every month, which is an easy way to remember it. Um, and it's about election security. So we've got a really great panel coming up. Um, gosh, let me remember off the top of my head, I was working on the program yesterday, actually. Um, so we have um, Jacqueline Waite, who is from BallotNav. Um, so they work in um, helping people to understand like mail-in ballots, um, how you can make sure you get your voice heard in this um, very uh, disinformation-heavy election cycle. Um, Dr. Cheryl Cooper, who works for T-Mobile, um, but works in the um, cybersecurity space as an engineer. And then Caitlin Gilbert, who actually works on the Biden-Harris campaign and pulls data from different social media platforms about disinformation to try and combat um, false uh, narratives being spread around the internet, which is very cool stuff. So that is what we're doing on the chapter level. And then um, if you go to WCAPS.org, 
um, and click on the events tab. There are a ton of events that we're doing um, at the organizational level um, and within our different working groups. So um, we have chapters which are um, separated by geographic area, and then we have working groups which are separated by interest. So we have climate change, we have disarmament, we have um, cybersecurity, illicit trafficking, global advocacy and diplomacy, tons and tons of working groups. Um, and so different groups may put on different things. So they're having a chat with Joaquin Castro um, from House Foreign Affairs Committee. There's going to be a Gen Z or launch event with Day of the Girl. Um, and then we have an organization or a working group called Young Ambassadors Program. Um, and they do something called the Op-Ed Club. And so you can submit your op-ed, and then the group will discuss it. Um, it gets you opportunities to get published. So yeah, tons and tons of different things. Um, hopefully something um, that appeals to whatever your professional interest might be. Um, so those are just the events that are coming up for October. And um, what we'll try and do is if people are interested, I recommend um, checking out our My Community page. Um, and we'll be trying to um, publicize events as they come up this month and going forward. Awesome. It sounds like you are definitely staying busy amidst uh, the transition to virtual. So really exciting <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Lawrence? Yeah, Jasmine, those all sound um, really, just really exciting. And you know, I'm studying environmental policy and I'm realizing through these conversations, really through the conversations that I've had at, with WISE at MIST, the massive parallels, you know, obviously between climate change and national security. And I think it speaks to the importance of collaborating because I could easily go through my education at MISS and just kind of like stay in my environmental policy lane and like not look over, you know, especially now that we're virtual, um, making that intentional effort to reach out and be like, hey, what, what's going on in your field that intersects with mine? So I think the club space is super awesome for that. And shout out to Miss Radio for creating these collaborative conversations. Um, I think it's awesome. So what can you expect from QAM in a typical month? Um, yeah, I'll just run through kind of what, what we're going to be up to in October. Um, every, two, every other Friday, um, we host book club and you can jump in. Any, any time, especially because right now we're reading this long book, we're doing actually five sessions on it. So you don't even have to even have read and the band played on to have insight on the AIDS epidemic and, you know, living through the current pandemic. So join us at book club um, every other Friday. Um, we'll also be doing queer film Fridays at least, at least once a month. I mentioned that this October 9th coming up, um, we'll be there uh, doing uh, this month's queer film Friday. And we're offering um, $15 gift cards through DoorDash. If you sign up on the Google Forms, which is in Quam's My Community, um, you can you can have a dinner on Quam while we watch the Netflix party documentary together. Um, and and then it, we'll definitely be hosting some type of panel or some sort of um, quote professional. Maddie, you're you're getting me in my head about like the use of that word, and and not that it would. Not that it's a bad word, but like, what does it mean to be professional is something that I think I'll leave this conversation with that question. I think um, but about hopefully it all we'll... the time. What's that, Maddie? I said, I think about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I mentioned uh, book club, uh, Queer Film Fridays, um, Queers and Careers is what we're calling the, um, the professional flavored panel. Um, and then at the end of the semester, um, you can always look for a lavender graduation ceremony. And so if you are graduating or you know somebody who's graduating, um, yeah, uh, you know, make sure they get in contact with QAM so we can celebrate your hard work um, in the um, LGBTQ space where we're um, just affirming all the awesome stuff that has happened in your academic life. So that that's, and, and then maybe there'll be some sort of cheers for queers happy hour type thing in a given month. So um, you can find out, you know, that was a lot of info. We're trying to put it all on my community, um, definitely on Instagram, as well as um, everything will be emailed out through the um, email listserv. So looking forward so, to it. Yeah, I am too. I got the um, disclosure watch party on my calendar already as soon as you sent that email out. So Nice. Make sure you sign up to get the gift card. Only 15 people. <laughs> 
can get it. So <laughs> I think All we're right, at like six people that. who've responded so far. So. Nine still out there. There's nine up for grabs. Sorry, um, I talked over you, Max. No, no worries. Uh, well, the last thing I want to do personally is make sure you guys have a chance to really concise right at the end, plug your socials, and then let us all know the best place to get in touch, best place or person to get in touch to try to start getting involved. Um, but that's definitely like a right at the end kind of thing. So before we before we head to that, Maddie, if you had any other questions. I feel like you guys have done a great job expressing your clubs. I feel like I could dive deeply into a conversation with each of you about what it means more because I'm just, you're all doing such amazing things and I really appreciate your time. And um, I look forward to joining as many of your events as I can and um yeah, just thank you guys so much for taking the time to do all of this for our colleagues and our classmates and everything like that, because it's it's really important work. So that's all I have to say, really. So if you want to plug, plug away. Awesome. Well, I'll jump on that opportunity. <laughs> like, again. Yes. <laughs> but but thank you so much for having us. This really was a lot of fun. And the episode of Strange Acronyms was so fitting. So, um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with WCAPS, first and foremost, go on my community. Um, our page is public. It's WCAPS West Coast. Um, and we'll be um, getting really active in the next uh, couple of months, advertising events and things like that. So uh, make sure you join the page and, and keep your notifications on so you can hear about advertisements there. Um, you can also find us on social media, at Instagram, Twitter, uh, and LinkedIn at WCAPS West Coast. Um, if you want to email us um, or join the listserv, um, you can email us at westcoast at WCAPS.org. Um, we also have the club listserv that we'll, um, we'll be responding to if you join my community. And then finally, for all things WCAPS, um, outside of just the chapter of the Campus Club, go to WCAPS.org. You can check out events there. Um, fill out the membership form if you'd like to become a formal member of the organization. Um, and just see all the cool things that um, women of color are doing in the peace and security space. So. Lawrence, do you want to plug? Absolutely. I have already mentioned Instaclam, but that is Insta, Q, with no U, three A's, M, Instagram. And we also have our My Community group, which we're trying to stay um, active on. Uh, we have a Facebook. It is, we've, since the, since My Community has come on the scene, we've been less, less active on Facebook. So apologize, apologies to anybody out there who has tried to get in contact with us that way. Um, so really My Community and Instagram are kind of the best access points, as well as um, emailing myself, lgarber at middlebury.edu to get on our um, email list. That will, you know, that's always their number one way of getting information out there. Um, but if you wanted to DM us on Instagram or, mm, I don't know if I check my, my community messages, but if you post it on the My Community Discussion Board, anyway, you know, that, that will get back to us too and we can get you on the, the email list. Um, so yeah, really excited. If you are just curious about what Quam does, you know, being a quote member of Quam pretty much means you're on our email list, right? There's no um, real obligation or expectation. It's just a place for you to pop in to in, and check out our events that were happening um, this semester. So we hope that you'll join us. I will say Quam is the MVP of puns. So those are really fun emails to get. This is an unfair uh, plug because I haven't I'm, I'm not on the emailing list for WISE or WCAP, so y'all could be pulling the pun game too or some other cool email chain game, but I'll hop on those email lists. Um, just wanted to shout out for the... I always appreciate a good pun. Um, Anna, why don't you go ahead and plug your social media? Sure. So the best places to get information from WISE Miss would be our Instagram, which is wise underscore miss um we have an mi community page that we got up and running over the summer we're going to continue to put information there we also have a facebook group that is de designated for students and alumni and any professors who may be interested and if you want to join that particular group 
the link should be in our MI community info page and just fill out the request. You will, you'll be accepted as long as we know you're a student. And uh, we do also have the email group and we try, we're trying not to send as many emails as we have in the past. We know, especially with everything being virtual, it can be overwhelming. So we try to keep those emails to reminders about events coming up and things like that. But if you want to be a part of that email group, you can email me at aphillips at middlebury.edu. You can also reach out to Brenna Brown, our vice president, um, El Zesky, who is our incoming treasurer, or Skylar Stokes, who is our incoming activities and events coordinator. Shout out to them. They have been phenomenal and just on top of everything. I'm, I feel so fortunate to be able to work with all three of them. Um, as for the membership part, if you want to be a member of Wise Miss generally, pretty much just follow our my community and social media pages and come to our events. If you want to be a member of WISE Global, the international organization, then there is a process to be able to get the student rate for that membership. But just as a plug, WISE Miss has approval from the school to reimburse those. So it's $35 up front, but we can reimburse you that so you get a year free. So please do that. If you're interested, again, just reach out to any of the four of us. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Yay for clubs and um, all new students. I hope that you will join one of these amazing clubs and work with these amazing people. And thank you all for being here. That's a wrap. Thanks, Miss Radio. Okay, bye Thanks, guys. this was so fun.